Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sparting 160EN podcast. This is podcast number 49 and the very first of uh, the 2019-2020 season. And um, unfortunately, we're starting off on a very, very bad note. But before we get into it, let's get right into the panel. It's me, Danny, joined by my boy, Christian. Christian, how are you doing, bro? Um, thought that we would be having, um, you know, at the very least, uh, not a, like a, a terrible mood for, for our first podcast uh, of the new season. But unfortunately, Sporting had other ideas, but still here and, uh, you know, still looking forward to the new season um, because I'm mentally ill in terms of that. <laughs> I think we all are. And uh, of course, last but not least, we're also joined by Nando. Nando, how you doing, bro? Man, I was doing so much better. Oh, yeah. Sporting did its shit today. Like, damn, man. Like, I couldn't even go and get wings in peace. Like, I left at halftime and I'm thinking, all right, all right, we're only down 1 0. Let me get my wings real quick. And then 5 0. Like, they know how to really hit that depression button on you, man. Like uh, Christian just said, and, you know, I guess fortunately, uh, still looking forward to the new season. Um, but fuck, man, what a depressing way to start it. Yeah, um, very depressing. Uh, I mean, let's just let's just jump right into it. Um, Spartans lineup was as followed. We had Renan Ribeiro in net, uh, a back three or a back five, depending on how you look at it, of uh, Luis Neto, Quach, and Mathieu with Thierry on the wing, as well as uh, Acuna on the wing or wing back. Uh, midfield of Dumbia, Wendel, Bruno Fernandes uh, with Rafinha and Bas Dost up front. Um, since it's Befica, I'll give their lineup too. They had Odyssey Jeanette, Nuno Tavares at right back, Diaz and Ferro at center back, Grimaldo at left, midfield of Pizzi, Fiorentino, Gabriel, and Rafa with Qual uh, de Tumaj and Seferovic up top. Um, uh, Nando, I'll start with you, bro. Um, what are your overall thoughts of the game, man? Um, <clears throat> overall thoughts is that we, uh, I don't think we were at all prepared for this game. I mean, from the get-go, when I saw the starting lineup and I saw that we went with five defenders plus two trincos or two, um, you know, defensive midfielders with Wendell and Dumbia. I mean, you could say that Wendell kind of pushes up a little bit. But overall, a very, very um, defensive-minded lineup uh, was a little shocking, to be quite honest. Um, Coming out that way and, and... and kind of somebody tweeted on 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 the internet there on Twitter that Sporting came out prepared for the 0-0. Like they were okay with the 0-0 as long as the 0-0 lasted and Sporting got a goal in. And then that that like lineup would take care of itself, would play itself out, and then we would be able to better control the game. But with a lineup like that, so defensive, Befica gets a goal in. What do you do? You're almost forced to suddenly sub out someone from the back or sub somebody out from the midfield to go and start to play a little bit more offensively. Mind you, the first half was by far our best half. For right? I mean, second half, we pretty much were non-existent. But um, the first half, we had a couple opportunities. And by couple opportunities, I mean, again, Bruno uh, Fernandes taking his shot from outside the box, doing his thing. Um, but one thing that, that, that also stands out for me is that Going forward, and we'll talk about that a little bit at some point here in the podcast, like, what do we do post Bruno Fernandes? <laughs> what do we do? 
You know what I'm saying? Because the whole game is Bruno Fernandes. It's like the players just think of Bruno Fernandes. Like, all right, got to get the ball to him. Hopefully he gets a shot in. Like, we can't play like that, man. It's crazy. And then we got our asses kicked. Simple as that. Like, we fell apart. We fell asleep. If he took care of it. And then it was just, you know, when it rains, it pours. And then that's that. For real. Um, Christian, what about you, bro? Um, I uh, immediately noticed at the start of the game that we were having difficulty playing out of the back. Um, Benfica was pressing super high. And when they were also, when they were coming forward, that gap between the wing backs and the three center backs, there was massive amounts of space for them to play into. So you saw um, mainly Tavad, um, uh, you know, PZ was drifting out there a bit as well. So that was the ball that they were looking to play. Um, and, you know, they got plenty of opportunities from that. But, you know, in terms of us building out of the back, we were seriously unable to really generate anything. Um, but the few times that we were able to play out of the back, it was pretty, pretty decisive. For example, that one ball that Matthew had to Bruno Fernandes that uh, almost was the own goal um, by Feru, um, the lead up to that. So that was just two passes and, and we're in. So, I mean, if we were able to, to take advantage of that and, you know, absorb the pressure and not be, you know, playing with our hair on fire, you know, 30 yards from our own goal, um, I think that it would have been better. I, don't, I think Baz Dost wasn't the right player for this lineup, and I'm not obviously, I mean, Kaiser probably didn't know exactly how Benfica was going to come out and play, but I think that if we just had a striker up there, maybe Vieto, maybe Philippe, um, you know, a bit more mobile, but I mean, they're both not really great options, but they're better than Baz Dost in terms of, you know, running around the corners, because sometimes when, when, we're, when we were just, Dumbias has his back turned, there's three guys around him, he's playing out wide, uh, Kray is getting closed down. You're just like, fuck, man, just get it out. Because, like, yeah. the, 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 Benfica's pressed so high. So if you can just chip one in, um, you know, like, there was opportunity to, to you know, be very direct and, and effective. And I just think that we didn't take advantage of it at all. And the few times that we did take advantage of it, I mean, we were, we were clean through. Um, and it just, it, it sucked. But, I mean... I thought Wendell was, was pretty poor. I think him having a better game would have helped that, you know, link up between the offense uh, uh, and, and the defense. But, I mean, Dumbia was all right. But even him, um, I mean, you could tell that he was struggling in possession at times, um, you know, under heavy pressure with the facing his own goal. And it just seemed like, uh, you know, if the game carried on, that, you know, disaster was going to strike. And uh, it did. Good, yeah. Um, yeah, though harshly, I don't, I don't think he deserved the second yellow on that, uh, on that play towards the end. I, I can't even remember. His, no, sorry. His first yellow was even bullshit. He won the ball. Um, but I mean, with that being said, it, it, we didn't lose because of the ref. Uh, um, it, I think the ref had some bullshit calls, especially in the first half, but that second half was disastrous and could have been a lot worse if they, uh, at two nothing, they, they could have capitalized on, on an opportunity where Fernand just sort of uh, runs out of his net sort of cluelessly and, and still doesn't even get anywhere near the ball. Um, yeah, this was, this, was, this was such a disaster. Um, the first maybe 30, the first half was, was mainly ours for sure. 
Uh, like you guys mentioned, Bruno Fernandes had that opportunity uh, from outside the box. Before that, our first opportunity that came in the um, like the opening minutes, the first like 10 minutes, I believe, where, where it was almost a fed one goal. It was like a short pass. Um, pass was horrible, um, which, I mean, goes to show either either the players aren't confident in, um, in Bas Dost, um, whether that's his pace, whether that's his finishing ability, or, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, it looks like Bruno Fernandes here. I'll, I'll show you guys since we have this feature. Um, oh, preview unavailable. Share screen. Let me see if I can do it. Oh, I guess not. Yeah, you okay. can. I see it. You see it? Okay, bomb. So, uh, so let me do it here. Um, so, yeah, like I think this is Bruno Fernandes here on the wing, if I'm not mistaken. What a shit, shit ball there. I don't it's know. A Again, I don't. Passing. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's him not really trusting in Baz Dost and his in his pace. I don't know if he he thought Baz Dost was a bit more behind. Um, man, it was it was really bad. Like that that goes in, and of course it's a different game. One nothing early on, right? So um, just super frustrating, man. Because I think in the first half, and I was saying it at the bar, I was watching that too. Was Keno um, Mark soft, and and we passed up on three opportunities. And they had the one opportunity, and it went in. And um, and then after that, yeah, the second half, I, I really want to know what uh, what the what the game plan was because they they all seemed lost out there from from minute forty five to minute ninety. Um, yeah, man, it was it was it was really bad, really horrible. Um, yeah, guys, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. I don't know if you guys want any have anything else to say. I mean, um, they're just it, it it's just that you know it. it <sighs> Everyone's watched some length of preseason, you know, to an extent, right? And so far, Sporting has yet to put together a preseason game that convinces, that lets me believe that we're going into the season the right way and the right mindset. And it kind of frustrates me. I don't know if you guys are the same with this, but it kind of frustrates me when people say things like, Yes, you know, just a preseason game. You know, in preseason, we can part the campeonato. Well, this this one mattered. You know, it is what it is, but this one matters. Sure, we want the campeonato, but this is a cup that you know we were talking about it last night on Twitter. This is a cup that's been around for thirty five plus years. This is a cup that Sporting has actually more trophies in than Benfica. This is a cup that this is a cup. This is very serious. It's not some BS that's of the Liga bullshit that just got thrown in there because the Federation of Portugal wants to make some extra money, and yep. we're gonna go ahead and shit the bed the way we did and lose 5-0 to a rival when last year we already had lost to them 5-what? Um, 5-1 at home or something like that? 4-2, um, yeah. Was it 4-2? 4-2. So nine yeah. goals against these dudes um, in less than a year apart. Like That's not okay. And it's the worst way to go into the season, I think. And one thing that Kaiser said post-match that kind of threw me off was that he said, he's like, I don't know how we're going to prepare for the next game or prepare this week because this was very bad. Like, your own coach is saying something like that. Like, I don't know how we're going to prepare. I don't know how we're going to be mentally ready, but we've got to be. Like, dude, that's not encouraging. Not at all. Yeah. Man. Hello? Did I lose you guys? No, I can say. I can say. Oh, okay, my bad. Um, yeah, yeah, very discouraging. And then not even to mention what Verenda said after the game, saying that uh, he's not worried. So why should we be yeah, here? We, we or can something leave that guy lines. for a whole topic at the end because I'm sure we've all tweeted plenty about that shit. But yeah, fuck that guy. No, for real, fuck that guy. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's just it's it's comical and uh, it's like it, you knew if something was gonna go bad, it would it would happen that way. Like Spartan is the team that over the past. 20 years, you know, I'm sure Befica lost 5-0 to Porto once or whatever, but Befica's been consistently winning. Sure, Porto's lost a couple games where they've lost, you know, f- a few goals up, but but it's like the Spartan way to lose, you know what I'm saying? It's the Spartan way to do shit, and we're just supposed to deal with it, you know what I mean? We're just supposed to accept it and be okay with it, bro? Like, how many times do we have to keep going through things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not to mention, like... Uh... Oh, man, I don't even honestly. I'm lost for words, bro. I have no, no, nothing really else to say. Christian, what about you, bro? It just seemed like we stopped playing. Like, so the second goal is the error, the mix-up between Kawats and Matthew. Yeah. So that's pretty deflating. And then minutes later, the free kick in off the post, Renan's hands, whatever. It's three nothing. So that it goes from two to three, and it's a two nothing error and then three nothing immediately and they just after that they just completely shut off they stopped playing um and it, it looked like they just wanted to like sim to end of game um <laughs> and if they sim to end of game they probably wouldn't have lost i mean they could have easily have lost seven nothing um yep. so if they just sim to end of game maybe they would have only lost four nothing so it, it just was bad um and it was just super discouraging to see um, the effort levels, um, just like the lack of care. Bruno kind of got into a mode where he just like wanted to do too much. Um, Diaby comes in to play left wing and he's he's drifting into the middle. And the whole the whole left flank is completely wide open because he's just drifting into the middle. He, he, maybe he still thinks he's playing for Mali and he, he has like that free range role. But it's like, dude, there's literally no one over there. I thought Acuna was super poor. Um, his crosses were all horrible. Um, he, I mean, he easily on another day, maybe he gets sent off because he was in like his usual maniac mode, but he, he was like bumping the ref, um, really pushing the limits yeah. <laughs> even for him. Yeah. Um, he, but overall his performance was, was pretty abysmal. Um, the one good thing, um, or bad thing, depending on how you view it, uh, is that we do have a good young right back in Thierry Correa. Um, I mean, for some of us that have watched the preseason games, we kind of already knew that. Um, you know, I was super impressed with him live when when, when we went and saw Liverpool. Um, you know, Kaiser kind of wanted to mold Elodi to be that utility right back, center back. I mean, he's more experienced. They paid a decent amount of money for him in January. So it was kind of his position to lose. And, I mean, he was just outright beat out by a 20-year-old who wanted it more and just flat out is better. So, obviously, we still have another month until the transfer window closes. But I think that this could be the end of uh, Rostovsky, who, you know, I really like. He's a great character. He seems like a good guy in the locker room, everything like that. Everyone seems like they love him. But just unlucky, his injuries have, have kept him out. And I, I really don't see him, you know, taking over the spot, just especially since we spent $8 million to get Rozier, who also hasn't played at all. But you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get rid of the guy that you just got. So it kind of leaves Rostovsky as the odd man out, I think. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him sold 
uh, before the end of August. Yeah, uh, agreed. Um, and, and I'm okay with letting Ristovsky go. It's just a shame he's been injured and not uh, hasn't featured at all this preseason. Maybe we could have got his price higher. Um, man, so I was looking through the highlights, just trying to trying to find some words. But um, really on the fourth and fifth goal, I mean, those things are, are really abysmal. Um, the fourth goal, uh, PZ just simply knocks it past, uh, past Neto and he bangs it in. Um, free range. That fifth goal, I mean, I don't know what Renan is doing. Um, I don't know what Renan and, and even the defenders are doing with the Shikimu goal, but mainly Renan. Um, how he doesn't really grasp it. Uh, let me try to bring it here. Um, right here. I'll, I'll share it on here since we have this cool little feature. Um, uh, you guys see it, right? I don't see it. No? Okay, one sec. Yeah, not yet. Share screen. Okay, probably now, right? Yeah, I see it. No, I okay. see it. So, like, right here, where, where again, Mathieu just stops, gives up, and then bobbles the shot, and then, I mean, bless Borja's heart, he, he tried to fucking die for it, but, uh, again, I have no idea how the fuck, like, they just let this go. Especially a guy like Mathieu, who already made a mistake in the second, for the he second just, goal. He just he stopped. He isn't even running. Yeah. He just he gave completely up. completely gave up, like... He didn't care. It's so frustrating to see. I don't care if we're losing already for nothing um, to these fucks. The the less the better. Like fucking put some heart into it, especially. Listen, and I'll never fault Matthew. He's still my favorite player on this team. Um, I I still think he's a classy defender. I'm not gonna start getting at him for his age or anything like that. Uh, like I've seen already, some people do, but. Um, this game easily one is is the the worst game I've seen him in a Spartan shirt, and I think Matthew's been here long enough, uh, and and really felt the love of the of of us fans more than most uh, players on that squad to to know what this what games like this really mean, you know. So to see him to see him fuck up on the second goal, it is what it is, you know. Like we all fuck up like that. I, I can't really justify fucking trying to to nutmeg a guy inside your own area, but. Whatever we all make mistakes, but on this play, on on just stopping like like he did right there, it's it's just uh, man, it's annoying. Um, and then you know, moving forward, I I look at Bas Dost. He doesn't. I don't. I didn't see anything from him today that that convinced me. Um, I mean, I, I wish I can say Luis Philippe convinced me, but he obviously didn't have enough time. Bas Dost just he didn't can't look play great. Like he to, man. No, he can't. He's, he's and our, our play is not like it was with George Jesus. We don't hit those crosses, and we don't got those those dudes like Rafinha and everything. They're quick, but they're they're not the guys that are going to feed the ball in like he needs it. It's just it's not meant for him anymore. And Rafinha was another one pissing me off. Rafinha's been consistently pissing me off on his uh, on his decision making because he didn't what... trust Thierry Correa at all. Thierry Correa was at up all. down that yeah. flank, and he wouldn't give him the ball. Especially there was a point in the first half. Where Thierry was uh, wide, like he was doing the overlap, and there was nobody with him because there was two defenders that were dragged out of position from Rafinha, and instead of uh, instead of pushing it out wide to passing it to, to, to Thierry, I think he tried to whip in a ball that went nowhere. Um, it, it's yeah, it was it was horrible. This is another game from Rafinha, one of the worst games I've ever seen him play. You see um, that he has the quality. Yeah, but it's just the decision making. It, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, not to go back to pre... I know preseason doesn't mean much, but 
I we I at least noticed that too against in the Liverpool game. There were so many times where he's running at the defenders or or or, or really almost through or whatever, and he that final ball just lacks. He's always uh, done that. He just like starts dribbling and then he 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 doesn't know what to do, so he just keeps dribbling and just yeah, puts himself he, into more trouble. Exactly. It, it, like he plays with his head down too, so it, it's not like he can he he sees what's around him or or, or something. I I don't know, man. It's it's. It's really annoying. Really annoying. Um, what else can we talk about that happened in this game? How do you guys feel? Um, uh, not to make excuses, of course. I, I think we were deserved losers. I think we all, de- we all agree on that. Um, we deserve to lose after that abysmal performance, especially that second half. But what, what were your guys' overall thoughts on the uh, referee? Do you think there's definitely bad calls? Uh, do you think he called it? bad both ways or or how do you guys feel on that i think i think it was a bad calls but i by no means do i think that he screwed spartan or or anything i mean i think he just made some bad calls overall but i think the fact that i i don't he wasn't a factor he wasn't a factor and if you're a referee and if you're not really a factor i think that's you you're doing your job fair how about you chris i thought he was out of his league uh my personal favorite is Benfica plays a through ball. The linesman puts his flag up. And then puts it right back down. And then down. he puts it down. That The sporting yeah. player stops. And then the, and then they end up getting a chance out of it. Yeah. It's like, dude, do you not know how the VIR works by now? If you're unsure, leave it down. Because if you put it up, it's over. And then, and then the ref just keeps playing. It's yeah. like, dude, that, that's not how it works. But, yeah, I mean, he, he, he was, he was kind of letting it go. At first, um, pretty soft fouls he was calling. And then the second half, he comes out there. Immediately, everything's a yellow. So there was just absolutely no consistency for him from him in terms of, you know, like when to issue a booking and when to, when to not. Um, yeah, I mean, I, he, I, don't, I didn't think he was good. I, hopefully, he's still in preseason form and, you know, wasn't, wasn't quite ready that yet. was a little rusty. But, yeah, I mean, not his, his greatest performance. Obviously... It's not his fault that that we lost, but I mean, he no. he didn't do himself any favors in terms of like referee evaluation. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Marcus Acuna's uh, first yellow to me, he wins the ball. Uh, the follow, th- I don't understand. Um, maybe I don't. I just don't understand the rules. But I mean, at least in England, if you win the fucking ball, you happen to follow through. So long as you won the ball, it's not a foul. It's not a card. Aquino wins the ball. He barely touches Rafa or whatever, whoever it was, gets a yellow for that. Yeah, he chest bumps the referee. He, didn't, he got a yellow already for it. Um, I'm surprised he didn't see a red for it. I'm surprised Aquino finished the game as well. Adrisa Dumbias, he also wins the ball, gets a yellow for it. Um, the, the, the red card Dumbia gets is a joke of a red card. Rafa doesn't even fall. He plays the man through, and then Netu happens to win the ball. So the referee decides to call it back and give him a second yellow. That was a joke. Um, th- there are some some calls that they didn't call. I think uh, Bruno Fernandes on, on Ruben Diaz, I was told. I, I don't really recall that play, but whatever. I'll give the, the Lampiones that. But, um, yeah, this, this referee was, was awful. Um, I, I, but I'm, like, I agree with you guys. By no means did he affect the game. Uh, he didn't gift them a goal. He didn't, you know, or, or he didn't fuck us over from a goal. It would have been interesting um, to see what happened if that breakaway ended up being a goal, though. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> what do you agreed. even do then? <laughs> I, they have to go back to, to VAR and play that, but but the the place it, it wasn't be dead. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't. I have no idea. 
And they they'd make yeah, I'd I'd be interested to see that because they'd probably We'd be make making up rules as we go if yeah that went in. Yeah. Um. All right, guys. Anything more to to say on the game before we uh we talk maybe uh, future or? I just want to delete this from my memory and honestly, hopefully, I mean we're starting out next weekend at Madeira. We should literally travel on Tuesday for a game on Sunday. Because <laughs> if we're unprepared to start there... But he already said we're going to be. Yeah. It's just... It's so... Like, that's the only way that we can forget about this. Because if we come out and look like ass again and drop points immediately, that is not a good sign. No. And, it, I mean... I, that was Bruno Fernandes' last game. He's he's gone. He's definitely I gone after talk about today. That in a little bit because um, there's a lot there. So I mean I don't know what the plan is lineup wise, formation wise, personnel wise. Vietu didn't even feature today. Um, hilarious. Um, Plata not even he's, on the bench. He's he, Diaby for some reason is 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 uh, chosen ahead of Plata even though Plata's had. A pretty good preseason, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, he's shown more than than Diaby has. For sure. He he definitely just likes Diaby's like theoretical veteran value, but he 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 doesn't bring anything. It has to be the pace. It's the only quality I see. I don't know. Maybe they're just like what I'm also thinking is during practice, since they don't want to hurt each other, they don't really like clip Diaby like that, or 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 really that physical with Diaby. Because he must be, during training, he must be, like, blowing past these players or something. Like, I don't see, aside from pace, I see nothing else in him. He doesn't have a shot. He doesn't have a left foot. He's not even that great on the ball, technically. He, he, he's not a good passer of the ball. He doesn't cross the ball well. Uh, I mean, I'm repeating shit I said all of last season. But just to see him come on when, when we were 3 nothing down or whatever it was um, for, for Kwach, it... it, it, it I, I couldn't put into words the disappointment. Even to see him on the bench, forget the, the game, to see him on the bench ahead of Plata, like you mentioned, uh, was, was oh, man, it was beyond me. It was wild. Like, I had, oh, it was. He, he didn't, in his defense, though, he didn't have any other options. Kamashi was hurt. Injured, okay. But then Plata, who else? Matilsh Pereira is another guy. I have no idea why. Um, if we're trying to sell him, why aren't we playing him to try to get his value up? Yeah. Um, what are we afraid? He gets hurt? He gets hurt, might be better for us. He stays. It's literally impossible for him to be worse than Diaby. There's no way it, he is. It's literally impossible. <laughs> yeah, it is. We saw him play last season. He played in the Bundesliga. He yeah, and he tore it up. He won, their, he won Nuremberg's fucking best young player. They, they got relegated, bless them, but fucking, he was still their best player in a tough league. Are you still kidding me? playing the, the, the German teams. Yeah, exactly. He's scoring against um, uh, Gladbach, if I'm not mistaken, and they're not, by no means a, a, a bad team. They're fucking one of the, at least, like, um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're, they're definitely mid-table, mid-upper uh, table, you know what I mean, in the Bundesliga. They're a yeah. solid team, Mönchengladbach. He scored against them. I, that's the only ones I'm remembering right now. Um, but yeah, Matos Pereira did well. Even when he featured in preseason, the two games, and that he took over Bruno Fernandes' spot. Where, I mean, for a winger, I thought he played a number 10 pretty well. Uh, he moved the ball well forward. Um, so again, I, that's another situation where I have no idea. 
Um, we're going to talk about Bruno Fernandes. Um, I said this earlier in preseason. If, if he is gone, we have a replacement right there. We don't need to spend another eight, ten million on a guy who who definitely won't bring the same impact and it will take a while just to adjust to Portugal potentially. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, we botched it though. Like you, you know, think about it, guys. This game is that's it for Bruno Fernandes. You know what I mean? Like obviously he has to go. If he doesn't go. How pissed off is he going to be? Um, plus, how unproductive is he going to be? Because I think he kind of swallowed his pride a little bit. Granted, there's a lot of shit there. You know, I think his agents and stuff made some extra money off of the whole resign. No, I'm coming back thing. But he swallowed his pride. He had a killer season. Nobody's taking that away from him. And I think Sporting absolutely mishandled this whole situation with him in this offseason. Because we're talking about a guy now that we know is going to leave. Now it's a matter of how much money we're going to get from him, right? We all want at least 60 plus, 70 even, because I think less than 70 is some bullshit. But how does Sparty play without him? We have yet to play preseason really without him. We have yet to prepare without him. We have yet to try valid actual solutions on the pitch Mm -hmm. for a team without him. And yet the first game that actually mattered, we played like as if we need him more than ever. Everything was played through him, for him, and about him. And I think Spartan completely botched this offseason and how they handled the Bruno Fernandes plan. Honestly, you got to get rid of him early. No, you're good, bro. I just, I just think that you got to get rid of him early and you got to force the team to start to prepare without him and get that shit out of the coach's head. Because at this point, like, we're going into the first game of the season and is he there? Is he not there? I mean, you said there's a month left. Like, is he going to play a few games? Like, what's up? There's a week left if he leaves to England. Yeah. If not, not even that, so, yeah. I think. I think it's what, the ninth? Uh, eighth or ninth, yeah. Eighth or ninth, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm with you, Nando. I have no idea. What were you gonna say, Christian? I think that maybe that they were trying to do that because he he has been playing like slightly out of position. He had like when when we played against Liverpool, we played a four four two, and he was playing left midfield. Yeah, like they were trying to test Vieto in that spot. I mean, obviously, it didn't work that great. Um, and even today, today he was playing like, like second forward, like left side. Um, I mean, he, he, his, his best formation, his best position is the point of the triangle in a four, three, three. And he, we haven't played that and he hasn't played that position. Um, we've even played a four, three, three and he's been the left winger, um, in the, in the four, three, three. So he has been a little bit. You know, not up to his best game, but he still is creating all of our goals or scoring them. And he's been playing out of position for a lot of preseason. There isn't a replacement for him on the roster. They are going to have to go to the, the transfer market and find someone. And if you get some guy from Argentina, it's obviously a crapshoot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, again, I, I try to look even at last season – we barely played Gerald. We we prefer to play Bruno Fernandes in the Tasa de Liga than than play a than a Gerald or something. So it's not like we could have even looked to our academy um, because I mean we we don't really have any any our, our overuse I think of of Bruno Fernandes these last two seasons especially last season has been our downfall on us trying to to see a future uh, without him um, because I agree with you Nando I think he's inevitably gone I think. The game plan was to keep him 
so we can play against Benfica. I, I don't know if they thought. I mean, they for sure didn't think of a five nothing. I don't know if they were that confident that they, they would beat Benfica, even though they they reinvested in their team fairly well. Uh, I mean, I rate the Kual Tomaj kid uh, or guy, I should say. Uh, I wanted him at Spartan when we were linked to him the past two years. Um, so they definitely have a clinical a clinical finisher after after you know getting rid of Jonas. So I don't know what the what their thought process of uh, of keeping Bruno Fernandes if he is going to be sold, which I, I again I, I'm pretty sure it's inevitable. Now um, it is. Yeah. It, even if, if we didn't, we, if we won today, he w- there was a 15 percent chance that he would have stayed. There is now a one percent chance. So why do you think he would have stayed if we won? You think because that would give I them- think that the offers they're getting are bullshit and that they know they're bullshit, and mm-hmm. they would have said, "Fuck you guys!" Like. We'll just keep him. We'll, yeah, we'll pay him this, the salary, the four or five million, whatever it is, and fuck you guys. Like, you don't, you don't buy it. Whatever. Try again in January. Like, Sporting runs the risk with him of doing what they did with Patricio and Carvalho, where they had them both at an opportunity to sell at their highest peak. I think right around 2016, 2017, right around there. And Sporting like didn't do it. Wanted more. Wanted more. Didn't do it. And then got to the point where it's like, well, shit, now if we sell them, we sell them for less. If we keep them, like, we got to commit that these guys are to stick around forever. I just don't uh, get why his value isn't higher. It's like, because, it, dude, it's, 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 it's a Spartan, George Mins, president. It's, it's, that's the culture of Spartan. Spartan has become, not even become, Spartan has been for probably the past 10, 20 years. A club where other teams know they're going to get what they want out of him. Sparty's just going to fold over and play dead. I don't get it. I don't know why, but it's a culture that Sparty's created. It works for the presidents that, that have been there, except for one of them. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's frustrating. It's, it's easily one of the things that pisses me off the most about Spartan is when you got guys, a guy like João Felix or whatever, who's no one arguing his talent, but definitely we all know he's not worth what he was sold for. But then you got guys that are like actively as good as Fernand, and then they still we still know that he's going to be sold for what? Anywhere from between fifty and seventy million. If we're lucky, we'll get seventy million. If we're lucky, and we won't get all of it, obviously. Get about eighty percent of it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I I also have no idea what. Manchester United are currently doing in terms of their their strategy in the market because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, so having to rely on them to because I mean Tottenham's offer is is hilarious. It's laughable, um, and apparently Bruno prefers to move to Tottenham over Manchester United. At least those are the reports. Um, so I mean, if 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 Tottenham's really really wants to sign him. Their their offers are just frankly they're just too low. So when I saw that Real Madrid was was getting in, in the race potentially the other day, I thought that was really good because that could drive the price up. And obviously they have unlimited money. Um, and if nothing else, a bidding war would be the best possible thing to happen in this situation. But I haven't really seen anything more uh, since then. And I mean, there's there's a very high chance that Bruno Fernandes isn't on the team for the game against Medici. Because if he goes to England, he'll be gone. So Yeah. 
yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna have to have they're gonna have to figure something out. And if these English teams are are serious, then they're gonna have to pay. The, the loss screws us up for in the Bruno Fernandes thing because a win forces these teams to pay a little bit more because they know the Spartan has the leverage, so like you said, Christian. In which okay, we won. We want to go forward into the season with all our best talent. We would like to keep them. Come forth, give us the best offer. Now we've lost. Now they know that Spartan lost leverage. Spartan's stress. Spartan's you know media is going to get on Spartan's back. Man, that's this. Watch. I'm going to say that boy gets sold for probably like 55 million with incentives or some bullshit like players get comes our way or something like that. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't, I be, wouldn't be surprised that. either. Uh, especially if he goes to Tottenham. Uh, I was going to say da- Daniel Levy, their their owner, is known to be a fucking. Um, a stingy prick in terms of uh in terms of transfers so he made no transfers for two years yeah yeah and then got like one of the most underrated uh midfielders in the world or at least in europe um f- on the cheap well, how much did he get in Dombele for it like, was like 50 million or 50? some shit yeah yeah uh nowadays for a, for a top-notch midfielder that is nothing so um yeah uh, if 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 he goes to if he goes to tottenham i'm not expecting much um, and, and I'm with you too, Christian. Like, how can we depend on United? Um, especially if these Dybala rumors are true. I, I, there's no way they're getting it's both. Done. It's done. He's, they're not getting Dybala. Oh, they're not? Okay. I, I figured, but... He went back to Juventus today. Okay, fair then. Um, yeah. So, I, I, mean, I, I don't know how much the negotiation was for, but they were probably lowballing them. I mean... They've spent a lot of money this window. They've just spent it recklessly and ill-advisedly. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dybala, what, he, you would have to think he's at least around like 80 to 100 million. For sure. Um, I don't know if he was being involved in the Lukaku deal because apparently Lukaku might go to Juve. That's what... But they want like 80 million for Lukaku, and he's literally worthless. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's a he's a bigger Diaby if not best. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So so moving forward, I guess, what are you guys? Uh, what are you guys? What are you guys expecting from this season? Um, and, and what do you guys expect? The uh, still on Bruno Fernandes, I guess. Nando, what do you, what do you think the uh, the Bruno Fernandes solution will end up being? I, I honestly think that's truly. I think Sporting botched it. I think he'll get sold. I think he'll get sold for something no more than sixty-five million. My guess is going to be the fifty-five to sixty range. I think whoever gets him throws in some incentives like X amount of games played. Here's another Miller too. Here's a player that we don't really care about, but just enough for Verandas to say that. Oh, look, you know we're bringing in some talent. He's we're not just selling him. So I truly think they botched the Bruno Fernandes thing. Um, I would ra- much rather have had him sold early in the offseason um, and just gotten that over with because even if it, it was for a loss in the offseason, at least early on in the offseason, I should say, at least then we would have had some time to prepare without him, get that out of the mind and forget about Bruno Fernandes and officially move on. Um, I'm concerned uh, th- that Sporting fans are already in depressed mode. You know what I mean? Like we have this horrible um, ability to just immediately think worst case scenario all the time. But at the same time, can you blame us? Like Spartan has only made us anxious and, and worrisome and depressed more often than not. 
Um, we got to go into the season hoping that things are going to be better. And this is the year that if we don't win it, I think it'll be, what, 19 years without the title? Yep. Um, so there's that if, if, if anyone else is counting with me because I don't want to break an 18-year streak and make it 19. Like, that shit's obnoxious. Like, that's sickening. That's not what Sparty was founded on and what Sparty was or is, and that's not okay. Um, but with that being said, like, I'm, I'm – Last year when we talked a lot about Kaiser and whether or not like he was the right man for the job, I, I hate to say that maybe he isn't now, but now it's like we can't go ahead and swap him out at this point. But it's it leads me to believe that more than ever, Spartan needs a coach that's going to be the absolute opposite of a Verandas. Not a yes man, not a Meguinho, not someone who's just going to say the right things and do the right things and be nice. Like We can't have that. We can't have that trickle down from the top down because... It just doesn't work that way. It doesn't work like that way in other teams. If the coach is nice, the presidents are more aggressive, the front office is more aggressive. And a Spartan, like Nani said the other day, he yeah. said, well, we all have been thinking and feeling for a long time. Spartan's biggest problem is Spartan. So, yeah. like, what do we do, right? Do we go back at this whole thing where, like, president out? We tried that. That doesn't work because everybody loves the guy. Um, well, the 71%, the older farts. Like, we're fucked. I'm sick and tired of this shit. Just having to sit here and hope that one year we just put it together. I want some consistency. And we had it. We blew it. Yeah. Um, sorry, my, my dog's distracting the shit out of me at the moment. I don't know what the hell he's trying to do. Sorry. Uh, yeah, agreed. Um, but the thing is with that, like, <clears throat> one, it, like, it's way too early to even, I think to even, we, should, we shouldn't even be contemplating Kaiser gone. Um, because, I mean, the season's just started. Um, and two, even if he does leave, I, I agree with you, Nando. We don't need a, a, a another Kaiser, another Meguinu. But do you really realistically see a Verandas getting a guy like? Uh, I mean, we had Mil- Milolovic, right? I know it wasn't Verandas that got, let him go. So it was a Sintra. Um, but uh, I agree with you. I think Mil- Milolovic. Of course, we'll never know. But a guy like Mil- Milolovic would would really bring the best out of some of these players because yeah. he'd be strict with them. He'd be stern with them. Well, you need it, bro. Like, yeah. you know, almost who I would love to see now at Spartan is like a guy like Sapinto again. I was just about to say that too. Dude. Uh, I mean, if Sapinto can, would almost fucked up a, a flight attendant, I, I think these players would fucking shit their pants. Oh, yeah, they bro. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, um, but yeah, um, totally agree with you there. I, I it, it, I was a big Kaiser fan. I, I'm still, I still have faith that that he'll he'll hopefully turn it around because I, I do agree with his style of play. I, I do like playing within the lines and stuff like that. It's just some decisions that he makes, mainly in terms of personnel, that really rattle my brain. Like we talked about earlier, you, with Yabi and stuff. I don't want to repeat myself, but uh, you know, what we, uh, no, sorry, man. I was gonna say like oh. Nani had, he had another quote the other day that said that. When the big games come up and the big moments come up and you look at a Porto and a Befica and they always seem to figure out a way to win that 1-0 game, that scrappy game, that not pretty game. Right. And it seems that Sporting always finds a way to not win it unless it's the Tasa. And I think it's gotten to the point where now the Tasas are, are, you know, are saving grace. It's like, oh, but I'm a Tasa mode. Like, shit's not bad. And, and it's only well. because, and it's sorry, and it's only because we know how to really, like, defend for our lives at, mo- at, at some point. Because I feel it's like... just one-game knockouts. That's it. Exactly. Sporting's only good for that NCAA tournament-style bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's exactly that. Where, where you, you, you hit the nail right on the head where 
and I mean, that's coming from us losing a cup game today, mind you. But we, we are a cup team where um, the mentality is we hold on for as long as we can. And, and Nando, I, I mean, you even mentioned this earlier from a tweet you read. I, I read the same tweet. We, we try to hold on as long as we can. Uh, a nil-nil or a 1-1 or even if we're losing one nothing, we try to hold on, try to nick a goal. And then we hold on and pray for penalties because um, over these last few years, maybe we've, we've gone... We've, we we have we definitely have some confidence going into penalties nowadays. Um, ever since we lost uh, to Stubal, I believe it was three three or four years ago or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I, I think the mentality is all wrong. Um, I think I agree with you. Asa Pintu. I always tell my Porto buddy that that Sergio. I would love a guy like Sergio Conceição at Sporting, a guy who who tactically is is, is smart. And still puts the fear of of God into these players, and more importantly, feels the fucking club. When was you the last have to time? Feel the club. Exactly. When was the last time? The last manager I remember we had feeling. I only really remember two. It was Paulo Vento, and even him, he wasn't like I mean, the loudest guy, but at least he would play the fucking youth. Like he knew what it what Sporting and Sporting's academy I, meant. I mean, for fuck, like George Zeus was. You know, we all have our feelings towards him, but he, at least that first year and shit, like he he loved he he bled the club at least for that first year. He was all in, hundred percent, yeah. But um, but you have to because Portugal is not like any other league right now. Like in Portugal, you have Porto Benfica dominated year after year after year after year. That's it, facts. Boom, 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 boom. That's it, and it's played outside of of the lines. It's played in the media. It's played in the secretaria. It's played. And in, in, in the in the court systems, it's it's so much going on to the point where like you have to have a guy that literally says like we're going to do more than what we're expected of that that hold these players accountable because if it's not going to be the president, which sure as hell ain't going to be the president, like that guy is not going to do that. He's not going to do that. He doesn't know how to do that. He's not suddenly going to learn how to do that. He knows he's got people in the back end that he has to appease. So if it's not going to be the president, because before it used to be Brun Carvalho and, and fucking old farts hated that, then it's got to be the coach, right? It has to be the coach. And Kaiser is not that guy. Like, he might not be. He might be that guy. He's like that lame duck that we say in, like, American sports. He's going to sit there. He's going to do a couple hand claps, you know. He, you know who he reminds me of? If you guys follow NFL, like, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. He's a Jason Garrett type of dude. He's going to sit there. And he's going to be like, all right, you know, that's not a bad play. You know what I mean? Like, th- it's okay. It's all right. Like, next time. That's not going to cut it. That's not going to win his titles like that. It's not going to win his campeonato. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right. <clears throat> so, so moving forward, what are, what are our expectations of, um, of Spartan this season? Christian, I'll start it off with you, dude. Um, I definitely think that, at least personnel-wise, even if you discount Bruno Fernandes, that the team is theoretically better than it was last year. Uh, I think that Neto is a decent addition. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I haven't really seen much from him so far, but I'd like to see Kamashu play. Seems like a decent utility man. Uh, I think that Rozier, obviously, could be pretty good as well. I, I don't know too much about... Enrique, or Eduardo Enrique, but I mean, he's probably going to have to play now against Maritimus, who's going to be suspended. But uh, So we'll see him in action. But it just seems like we have a bit more depth. Now, it will be interesting to see which of the players from the youth that end up 
sticking on the roster and, and the ones that end up getting loaned out because there is, is still some time to see. Technically, Jelson Dalla needs to be resolved. Braganza needs to be resolved. Mateus Pineda needs to be resolved. Plata needs to be resolved. I wouldn't rule out any of these players getting loaned out. I think it's possible that they all get loaned out. So it'll just be interesting to see what happens as the squad takes shape over the, you know, remainder uh, of the month of August, because I do think that there is still a lot of cleanup to do. Maybe, maybe another signing or two would be nice, but you know, I, I, maybe one more. I think that if Bruno Fernandes gets sold, they'll buy an attacking midfielder uh, for like eight to ten million. But realistically, expectations probably the same as what they always are. See if we can make a run in the Europa League more than we did last year. Uh, similar to the one that we made and were edged out by Atletico Madrid two years ago, and then Atletico Madrid ended up winning the winning the winning the uh, the title. I think hopefully we can be competitive in the league the whole time, or at least until the very end. As you know, there most of the teams now that win the league in Portugal don't drop too many points. Don't come out of the gate slow and drop points in you know like three of the first five games then. Our chances of winning the title are so slim just because the margin for error is basically, like, zero at that point. I mean, the last, the last like, all the teams that have won the title in the last, like, five years have dropped points in, like, seven games. You used to be able to win the title in Portugal with, like, 60 points. Now you need, like, 80. Yeah. And, you know, you the head-to-head games are are obviously important, and, you know, that's historically, we haven't even been that bad in those. We, we usually, you know, scrape a draw at the very least, so it's just a wash. But it's the games against all the other teams that we we struggle, and, you know, we you don't see too often, like, the 5 nothing batterings of Morinense that, you know, Benfica puts together. I mean, regardless of how good of a season that specific team is having, it, it usually it doesn't really matter, and you know, some team Tondela might be in 16th place, but they'll will always give us a hard time no matter what. And I mean, Game of Days might be having a good season, or Rewa might be having a good season. They'll be in fifth, and you know, we'll 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 batter them. So it, <laughs> it's complicated, and I think that a lot of the prediction and what to expect will come in this game against Maritimo because we're coming off a terrible loss, possibly going to be without our best player, and on the road in a you know relatively tough venue in one of the tougher road trips uh, of the whole season. So in a sense, it's good to get it out of the way, I guess. But, you know, it, it'll be a real gut check for these guys, and uh, I hope they're up to the task. Yeah, uh, agreed. Nando, what about you, dude? Um, I think Chris had nailed it, man. I'm uh, the biggest thing was we used to be able to win the league with sixty some points. Now we can't. Is Sporting a 
currently Sporting is, are they a 75-plus point team? I don't think so. I don't think they are. Um, so if you can say that and every and everybody feels pretty confident that they aren't, then your next question is, is Befica and Porto currently a 75-plus point team? And I think they are. Um, and that's our problem. So where do we get better? Where do we find improvements? The way we're going to improve in the immediate is with money from a Bruno Fernandes cell. Why we can't just be reckless with it because we can't afford it. So we're back to that shit. So I think this year is going to have to be a year in which Sporting lingers around long enough like we did after the, uh, after the, the first 18-year drought that we ended, in which we um, lingered around long enough, made some pretty strategic moves at, uh, at the deadline. At that time, I think we brought in like the Mapenza and a Cesar Prats or some shit like that. And um, then we beat Porto in a game at home that, that got us in first place, and then we held on. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the way Sporting is going to have to get there this year. I think it's going to have to be a lot with our opponents not doing well. And, you know, can you guys hear the noise? I don't know if you guys can hear this. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a wind turbine. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Is that is that for me? It just stopped. I don't know what Damn, that That's was. crazy. I don't know. But um, I think that's the way we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to just kind of linger around long enough and hope that the other guys make some mistakes. Because honestly, my expectations for this year is that we're—I believe we're going to finish in third place again. It smells a lot like third place. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's just like Same. what the fuck? Like, why can't we just just <coughs> feel good about going into the season? But how? I don't know. I can't do it, dude. I—I I don't see us doing it any other way than just kind of linger around long enough. The the rivals screw up and think about it. If we linger around long enough, that we can make a move at the end. I mean, we have the game's in place, right? We finished the season away at Porto, home against Guimarães, away at Benfica. If it's not going to happen, then it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, sure, we might screw up before then, but if we're going into those games with a chance for the title, we might very well control our own destiny. So we just got to get there and then let the rest play out. But um, but I'd also like to see, man, and I, I hate going back to the same shit, but I'd also like to see... The Sportingistas who are tired of the way Sporting, you know, management or, or, or the presidential team is running the club. I'd love to see Sportingistas taking a more active role. The ones that live in Portugal and making sure that that comes to an end sooner rather than later. Like if assume Sporting is not having a good year and things aren't going well, they got to look into methods that they use in other countries that they use in America. You know, we got to stop going to the games, man. We got to start hitting these guys where it hurts, which is their pockets. And I know that it's not necessarily productive for the team as a whole but like if we're not going to do well as a team like the rich fucks got to stop making money because of our suffering and we got to stop doing that attendance wasn't great last year though it wasn't man but like but if you go back like dude i remember when i was a kid and sporting wasn't winning and it was going on 18 years like alvalad would be pretty miserable like like sporting would do things all the time like my dad used to tell me times where like they would, they would, you know, before, a week before games would send out messages to the people that lived in, in near Alvalade and this and the other. Like, all right, we're not going to the game. Like, we're not going there with, just to take our lenses and just to, like, wave the white flag. We're just not going, dude. If we don't go, they don't make money. If they don't make money, what are they going to do? They got to change something. Somebody's going to have to resign. Someone's going to have to do something because they can't afford to not play pay players. And I don't want to go down that path because that's a slippery slope. But... But I'm, I, I am not okay with listening to Veranda say 
that he's okay going into the season. Like, he ain't worried. Yeah. Like, I get that it could be interpreted as co- a confidence boost, but he had an opportunity at that point in time to say something like, you know what, not a good result, expected more, wanted more, we need to do more. I'm still confident in the team, but not okay. Did not perform right. the way we did. I agree. That's I mean, 100%. for fuck's sake, Befica's president took an opportunity to drop a drop some shade on us and said that we need a Sporting competitivo. Like, go fuck yourself, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like you, 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 you guys feel so good about yourselves now that now it's back to nós precisamos do Sporting competitivo. And the last time they used to say things like that was when we had Godinho Lopes. And when when Sporting finally was competitivo, it was they, all yeah. They, they couldn't stand that man. We need man. to do this. We need to oh, do that. Oh yeah, they hated yeah. that guy for a reason. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep like my. Yeah, I'll agree. Um, I'll say third, and I'm. I'm I'm worried we might not even get there. And again, my only worries are again, if Bruno Fernandes leaves, I don't see us. I don't see. I don't know how we'll replace him first and foremost. Secondly, even when he, even if he stays, I think our midfield options are are very small, at least in terms of what Kaiser uh, picks. Because I think Bragasa is good enough to play for the A team. I think Matos Pereira would would be a, a decent addition to the midfield, if not midfield, at least a winger. Um, I think uh, Gerald's had a, had more than than a, a shot here at Sporting, but nonetheless, I think the the midfield uh, position is, is is very limited, very short, not deep enough. Um, striker position, I think, unless we play Vieto there, we really only have two. Um, yeah, and, and re, it really depends because. Uh, you guys touched on it. We have a, a hard start to the fi- to, to the season. We have to go away to Medeira, and then we get Braga, and then the third game is um, I'm forgetting, but I think we it's have hard tough. starts and, and then a hard ending. finish. Yeah, exactly. We have Port. If I'm not mistaken, it's Porto Stubal and Benfica. Or is it Benfica oh, Stubal? Guimarães Benfica. Guimarães. Yep, it's. So oh, it's um, like if you're looking at the in the second the second leg it's at Porto home for Guimarães at Benfica to finish the season. Jesus Christ. Okay, I thought I, I think and I think Stubal is around there too. If I'm not mistaken, maybe Stubal's actually in the beginning. Then uh, let me double check because Stubal is historically a tough team uh, for us at least. Uh, Stubal. Well, last year I don't know if you guys remember, but last year. Oh, sorry. That- yeah. I said that I wish that we would be in place to go to the Dragao and celebrate. Well, I guess this year. I hope we're in place to go to the loose to celebrate, but yeah, I don't know about that, dude. <laughs> um, I do not know about that. No, but yeah, that's, you know. yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I, I'm I'm agreeing. I'm saying third, and um, as of right now, I would be very scared uh, to to even you know believe in third. Um, let's go to Twitter uh, really quick. I'll uh, put it on screen. You guys, it see is Stubal. Right? Stubal is the second to last game. There you go. It's Stubal for real, bro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, fuck. Tough. Stubal typically is tough. Anyways, uh, here on the Twitter account, asked uh, some people to send in some comments. Uh, first is from uh, Josie Pereira. He said, as bad as it is now, after a 5 nothing loss, let's not forget where we were last season. So relax with the fire, everyone. Everyone out rhetorics. That it's is so August annoying, though. Four, August 4. Uh, the season ends at, at the end of May next year, so relax, stay strong, stay faithful, or, or go kick rocks is my message. That's that's, I, that's the same bullshit of like preciso levantar a cabeza. But I do get where Josie's saying though. It is it I, is I the get start. it, but come it on, is the start. Man, when are we gonna start to say enough is enough with that kind of like 
É pá, mas podia ser pior. Like, could But be this, worse. This goes back to needing at least 75 points to win the title. Obviously, the game in Madeira didn't happen yet. But if we come out of the gate slow, you're digging your own grave before you even start. And last season, Pizzedo, we scraped results. We limped to December, but we were only one game back at the end of the day. And then we dropped literally three or four games in January, and that was the end of the road. But in December, we were still in the race. We came out of the gate and won seven straight. Like, if we don't do that, we're literally in an objectively worse position than we were last season after everything that happened summer of 18. So if you're in a worse position than you were after that summer, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, anyways, next comment is from at K for the 1906, our buddy Kevin. Um, he says, Oh, this is going to be a, a fucking great podcast. Bring it on question. What the actual fuck just happened? It's a great question, Kevin. I think we're all still f trying to figure that out too. Um, Thank you for the comments. Also, to Josie as well. Thank you for the comments. Uh, going on to Twitter questions. So the first one is from uh, Spartan CP Youth um, at Spartan CPY. Um, what are your impressions of the preseason, uh, Christian? I I'll I'll send this one to you only because me and you are uh, we went to a, a Liverpool game together. So uh, mm -hmm. um, talk to me about the, what are your overall thoughts on preseason and even the Liverpool game. Uh, it was noticeable how bad Elodi really is mm. when you see it live. Mm -hmm. He was shocking. Yeah. And then Thierry Correa came in and played out of position and was noticeably better. So I had a feeling that it, unless Kaiser was so rock-headed that he kept going with Elodi that something had to change because it, you just can't keep playing that guy. And... Correa was, was much better, and even today, I mean, he was one of the best players on the field, and uh, I think that he definitely played his way onto the team, for sure, going to be on the roster, and I mean, if we loan him out, we're so, we're so fucked. Yeah, <laughs> we're so stupid if we do that. Um, so that, I, I was really impressed by him. Um, the other striking, uh, I guess, observation is what the plan is for Vieto because I've seen him play three positions. I've seen him play a striker in a 4-4-2. I've seen him play attacking mid in a 4-3-3. And I've seen him play out wide in a 4-3-3 as well. And I truly don't know what his best position is or what's going to end up happening with him. Clearly, Kaiser was trying to integrate him. And obviously, we spent all this money on him. So he kind of has to play, and here we are, down 4 nothing in the 75th minute. He could have easily subbed him on to play wide on the left, but he goes with Diaby, who's had absolutely no preseason, and this was his first game with the team. So what does that say? Not good. Yeah, yeah agreed. Um, next, next question comes in from uh, Joel De Silva at Jolion uh, underscore 073. Uh, Nando, I'll keep this one to you. Based on games played so far, how would you rate the new players? Zero out of ten. Um, uh, uh, I can ask both of you, actually. Yeah, we'll go through one-on-one -on -one if you want. I will, yeah. I'd appreciate that because I, I haven't had a lot of chance to watch a lot of preseason games. I've been following along. I'll, I'll cool. talk a little bit about 
Um, just Neto and Correa because they're the ones that like stand out. Correa because I think, like Christian just said, the fact that he's had some opportunities to play out of position but do well um, says a lot about his ability as a young player. Um, Neto, I think he's a solid pick. I think he's just going to be another kind of like a, a Kowats and Mateo. Just He's going to do his job. He's going to do it well. Um, he's going to have moments where he's going to be better than others, but, you know, can't complain there. Other than that, I really haven't had too much too much uh, opportunity to, to see anybody else, and I'll kick it off to Christian if he has anybody else that kind of stands out a little bit. Yeah, so, so Rozier is injured. We have yet to hurt. Yep. Kamashu yeah. uh, is pretty much an NA as well. I mean, he played in maybe that first game where we lost to that Swiss third division team. That's. And if we're basing it off of that, let's be real. It wasn't Not great. <laughs> but, I mean, it also was his first game in, in June or whatever. So yeah. I'm just going to kind of not count that. But definitely didn't – I mean, when Plata would come into these games, he, he, he would provide a spark, and maybe he wasn't doing anything incredible, but you could at least see that there was some sort of spark there. So – Plata has impressed me so far this preseason in, in, in pretty limited minutes, but he definitely has shown that there is something there. So it will be interesting to see if he sticks on the A team, plays for the 23s predominantly, or gets loaned out. So we'll be interesting to see with that. Um, Eduardo, um, I mean, he just seems pretty sturdy, um, nothing crazy. He's um, technical, um, yeah. but my fear is we're going to – be playing another number eight in, number, uh, in a six position because Gudeli was fairly technical and uh, though he did have a good end to, to the season um, I mean let's be real he's not he's not a defensive midfielder so I'm he, he worried a bit bigger more. though he is yeah he is, he is he is he is so I'm, I'm still a little worried but um, I mean I, 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 I kind of like him he's all right you know nothing I mean he's I think that he's very likely to start uh, yeah Sunday yeah but Dumbia, at the same time, Dumbia has impressed me a lot this preseason. Mm-hmm. He has. He he definitely has earned um, his his starting spot. I mean, he even impressed Liverpool when when we played them, and they were inquiring about him. So, yeah. I mean, he, he he has been he has been good. Yeah, um, exactly. Vieto, we touched on. Don't even know where he's going to play. Unconvincing. Yeah. I guess Braganza limited minutes. What have you thought about him? Uh, not enough to see. I mean, I just remember like little bits, that little cameo he made in Liverpool, uh, in the Liverpool game. And before Liverpool, who did we, I think he played, was it Bruges? He played a half. He played, I think he played two halves. I think he played a half against the second Swiss team. And he, yeah, I think he played a half against, or at least 30 I don't minutes. think he did. I remember, in, I don't think he played in Switzerland. I think maybe it was Club Bruges. I could be wrong, of course, though, but. Um, but uh, yeah, from what I've seen, I haven't seen much of him in preseason. I've seen a lot of him in the under twenty threes, and the kid's a stud. Um, so I mean, we'll, we'll, we're probably going to loan him out just because of that, because he is a stud. Um, I was also thinking, just quickly on it, uh, Eduardo. I mean, he's likely to play. He was the one on the bench, right? Um, but we also played Miguel Luis a lot uh, at, in the sixth position in, in the inside in center defensive midfield uh, mm-hmm. during preseason. So I mean, that might be an option, but. Again, he wasn't even on the bench today, so uh, I don't know. I doubt um, it. Yeah, I doubt it as well. I'm um, interested to see what his future is as well. Yeah, but anyways, I think we... I, think yeah, that's pretty, I don't think guys. that there's anyone else. No, we're good. Um, so next question comes in from Lauren. 
Uh, Lauren also sent in this little gif of uh, that thing there. Um, she asks... Uh, what does I mean, that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does what mean? The, the car wash, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess she's excited. Uh, she asks, um, what's your expectations going into the new season and what new signing are you most excited about? Um, so we went into expectations. I'll ask both of you. Um, what's the new, what, what new signing excites you the most? Uh, Christian, I'll start off with you. Uh, Plata, definitely. Mm. Very young. Yeah. So some of these guys are, they're not old, but they're not super young. Like, but again, this is 21. Miguel Luis is 21, I think. Yeah. You know, a lot there. Yeah. Uh, Rosier's 22. I mean, Kamashi's also pretty young. But, 19. Yeah, but he... Kamash is 19, but Plata's 18. And, you know, I, I've seen Plata, you know, nutmeg James Milner. I've seen Plata tear up the U23 World Cup. So, I mean, I've seen a lot from him already, which is, you know, a, a very promising sign. Agreed. Nando, how about you? Um, I think for me, man, I, I'm kind of excited about, uh, uh, what is his name? The French dude, Rosier or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Rosier. I think that, I think sure. that he... He brings a lot of different abilities to the table. I think somebody that can get pushed up a little bit more and attack defensively real well. He's real fast from what I've seen in France. Um, so I'm excited about him, but I don't know how long he's supposed to be out for. I can't think of. I'm not sure either. I truly um, thought he was supposed to be back by now. He's been out same. a while. He's been out since, like, March. Yep. That's what um, I'm saying. It's a little worrisome there, but he looked like he has tons of potential, and he's still young. Yeah. I mean, at least it's not a loan deal, so it's not like we can send them back to Juve like we did to Duraro, right? So we do love <laughs> no, a, he, do love an injured guy. <laughs> he is our problem now. <laughs> yeah, like hundred percent. Um, and quickly on me, I'll say uh, I'll say Kamashu. I think, um, especially seeing us not really have a right wing today, aside from Thierry, who I mean was more defensive. I'm excited to see him on the right. Um, next uh, comment is from David Cl or David Claudio, our, our boy over in Portugal at David Strife thirty five says Saudades vossas, thank you, bro. Um, Saudações Leoninas. Uh, next question comes in from uh, Kevin Fernandes again. Uh, he asks, Does Matheus Pereira have a place in this squad? In your opinion? P.S. I was right on Vieto. It's still early to tell, Kevin. Uh, so. You know, we'll see, but uh, you're you looking, say, you're looking right at least. Yeah, he he was saying it was a we shouldn't have signed them um, at the time that we signed them. Which fair enough. I mean, he, he I mean he's holding up right now, but um, we'll see. Hopefully, he he improves. Uh, Nando, I'll give it to you though. Uh, Matus Pereira, does he have a place on this squad? In your opinion, of course. My bad, I was muted. Of course, he does. Um, he's been showing it for quite a while. I think that he has. More of a place on the squad than even a Giovanni Cabral. And if Giovanni Cabral has a place on the squad, then what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to Giovanni. He's really good. He was a super sub last year to, to an extent. But Mateus has shown us over extent. In Portugal, he's been loaned out to Chaves and other teams and done well. You talked about how well he did in Germany last year. What was the the number, the best youth player on... Um, Nuremberg? Uh, was it Nuremberg or what was it? Munchblock or whatever. It was Nuremberg. Name? No, it was Nuremberg. Yeah. It was Nuremberg. Oh, yeah, because they beat that guy, that team. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, man, I think he definitely has a place on this team. I think that he, in many ways, is better at this moment, in my opinion, than Rafinha. 
Um, so it's just one more, one or more of those situations. What is what what's happening on the back end that we're not aware of? Whether that's agent contracts and this, that's the other, that's keeping him from getting the opportunities such as you know Francis Giraldes, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? But he definitely has a place on his team. He could be a super sub for us if they want to go that route. I think he can yeah. start. But. I think he can start definitely on the wing as well, um, or at least create some competition. Um, but anyways, um, next question comes in from. Uh, sorry, were you guys going to say something? No. There is a lot. There is a lot of wingers. Uh, yeah, there is. So that doesn't really help his case either. But. That's true too. Um, anyways, yeah. Next question comes in from uh, Spartan CP Youth. He asks, um, oh, oh, this, he's our boy from Germany. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to, uh, so it's how many games, uh, do we have to see this shit with Verendas and Kaiser? We should do a straw poll. Maybe we have two persons or two people who can be our new coach and our president. <laughs> Great idea, dude. Uh, real question. Do you guys think Kaiser will leave us this season if, uh, we play like we did today or will Verendas still go with him? Um, so, um, yeah, Christian, I'll, I'll give it to you. Do you think, uh, do you think we'll, we'll sack Kaiser by the end of, or, or do you think by the end of the season, Kaiser will still be our manager or our coach? Uh, tough to say. I think that if things aren't going good by Christmas and we're seemingly already out of the race by Christmas, that... Verandas has shown that he isn't afraid to pull the trigger. Pazeta wasn't doing that bad results-wise in the league, and he still pulled the trigger on him. So I do give him credit for that. Uh, it was that terrible loss to Eftadiel that I think kind of sealed his fate. But if the results aren't there, I, I think that he is probably gone. But I do think that we're... I mean, I, it's obviously tough to logically like or like think about it just because of today's result but i find it hard to believe that we're gonna you know come out of the gate and lose four straight games he'll he'll be gone if that happens but i i i I do find that a bit hard to believe yeah agreed um and quickly uh, a comment on that last question from hysterical at bmsp21 says, I think none of them will have to leave because what happened today won't happen again this season, despite the fact that many people want it. Um, I hope I hope you I hope you're right, dude. I hope it that never happens. Not only this season, I hope this never happens again. Um, last question comes in from uh, João Leão at the Portuguese SCP on Twitter. He asks, "Do we truly have a play style? Some say it's working up with uh, it's working it up with passing, but then why would uh, Dost be in?" Others say it's crossing, but I don't even recall Dost heading the ball. Me neither. It's just I don't confusing. recall him touching the ball. I remember him touching the ball and fucking up a terrible pass where we could have went uh, through. Aside from that, yeah, I don't remember. Do- I don't remember him. I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but a couple times, the like, if he just ran, like he was in. Like, Fedu really didn't have that great of a game. I thought. No, and- he didn't. And, like, there were times where they were stretched because we had broken through their press. And we, we were in. Like, he just had to make the run. And he, he didn't make the run. Mm. And it's just frustrating. You know, I, I think a player like Freddie Montero would have been the perfect forward <sighs> in a game like today. Because wow. he, he makes those runs. He chases. Like, he, he's decently pacey. 
for a player like him. It's not not even Philippe. It wasn't even a good like the the ideal player for this game up top wasn't on. Mon- yeah, it's a Montero. I agree because Montero even last season he, he underrated in terms of his build up play. Like he he knew how to turn his back to a defender, get the ball, and still pick out the right pass, make that run, and collect the ball again. Um, so agreed. Uh, quickly, Nando, do you, do we have a play style? What do you think, dude? No, I don't think we do at all, man. <laughs> we don't even have, we've played every formation. We played 3-5-3, we, we, we played 4-4-2, we played 4-3-3. We, three, we three. don't have yeah. a style, man. It's just, uh, you know. The only, the only style I've seen us have is trying to play through the lines, and that was about it. And I think uh, the, after those seven incredible games of Kaiser Ball, Portuguese League clued into it really quickly. And, and, and that's all we play is just try to find a pass between the lines. Right. Yeah, sorry. I think I, I, nah, man, you're right. I mean, I don't think we have a play style. I think our play style is like, how do we like approach the next opponent? But I don't think Sporting forces the opponent to adjust to us because we don't we don't even really know what we're doing. So yeah, fuck them. Yeah, agreed. Anyways, thank you guys for uh, for uh, yeah, sending in your comments. Um, yeah, anything anything left? We have anything left to say, boys? Woo! Can we go over. again, guys? Yeah, shit. Here we go again. Um, all right, guys. Great podcast. Hopefully, I'm really hoping this uh, records the screen. Yeah, when, um, when, once you hit the the end recording there, um, it should get posted for all of us in the in the little chat group to see. Man, I'm excited about this. I think this is gonna be pretty dope. Yeah, I mean, it it was uh it was a little different just for the viewers who who haven't really uh or the listeners who haven't really tuned in on on Twitter. Um, we were going through some issues because youtube is uh, a little bitch um so i mean we're doing it on skype now so i don't think we'll do it live anymore but um i'm kind of liking this better if i'm honest with you yeah uh, i think it's gonna be more immersive man give people exactly. a little bit more feedback of like us showing them like how, how much we care how much we're looking at their messages comments yeah. uh, analyzing the the you know the plays, plays. live yeah. you know what i mean facts exactly agreed um so yeah hopefully uh hopefully a, a better a, a better um, what's the word I'm looking for? Hopefully the season goes better than than this game. Um, looking forward to another to another season with you boys on on the 160N podcast. Um, looking forward to another season with with our our, our listeners and and again hopefully uh, hopefully this is the only bad um, episode we really have and and the rest is just us uh, jerking off to uh, a bunch of sparking <laughs> uh, sparking wins and sparking plays. I'm doing um, that kind of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Anyways, guys, thank you all for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, peace. We are sporting. We are sporting.